Jesus, we love you. We worship you. You are Lord. You are King. You are Master. You are everything. And today we come to you and we believe that you have a word for us, a fresh word for us. Father, I pray for this church that they would enter into new ground, new territory, new plans, new purposes. I pray that the entrance of your word would bring light, hope, direction, that you would set them on fire, specifically in the area of prayer as never before. You said in your word that my house will be called a house of prayer. Father, this is already a house of prayer, but I pray that you would bring them into a new level, a new level. God, I see in my spirit you marking them for such a time as this, marking them for intercession, marking them for prayer. Burn it in them, God. Burn it in them. Burn it in them. Burn it in them. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you would anoint them with fresh oil and do a new thing. Change us today. I'm asking you for change. I'm asking you to do a new thing. Our hearts burn as we're in your presence, but but may our hearts burn even more with a desire to know you more deeply and more intimately in a greater way and in a greater measure. God, I will not, we will not settle for anything less than the manifestation of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we need you in this hour. It's time for you to manifest. It's time for you to flow through us in a greater measure in the spirit of grace and supplication. We need you, Holy Spirit. We're not of those that draw back and say we don't want the move of the Holy Ghost. But we are of those that press in and say, yes, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. You are our God. We are in a dry and thirsty land, and we need you to manifest yourself in and amongst us. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Can you hear me okay? I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, verse 36. Everyone say, it's time for prayer. You know, it's not only time for corporate united prayer, but it's also time for secret prayer. But our teaching today is not going to focus on uh, secret prayer. Our teaching is going to more focus on corporate united prayer because I believe that's what God is calling the church to do in this day and in this hour. There is power in corporate united prayer. Whenever the disciples got into trouble, they always gathered together in one accord, in one place, and they prayed. They knew one another. They fellowshiped with one another. But it didn't stop there. They gathered together in corporate, united prayer. And how many of you know what happened after they were threatened? When those scribes and Pharisees were trying to shut them down. They said, oh, we don't want them to speak, and we don't want them to teach anymore in the name of Jesus. 
And they were trying to shut up their mouths. And I, I got to tell you straight up, I believe that the tactic of the enemy for this day and in this hour and our nation is he wants to shut down the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I have good news for you. The Bible says no weapon that is formed against us will prosper. We will rise and we will shine and we will be everything that God has called us to be in this this hour. I truly believe that we are living in the days of Isaiah 60, 1 through 4. And I've been saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it. And you know, and you know this because you, you minister. The art of teaching is repeating. <laughs> I have learned that over and over and over again. Well, we've heard that before. But do we really understand that we truly are living in the days of Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 through 4, maybe verse 5 is in addition. What does that scripture say? The scripture simply says that darkness, gross darkness, is covering the earth. And I just want to share with you that is something that I saw when I was on the phone with a friend of mine. You know the dreams and visions are increasing in these last days? Did you know that God can use every one of us and flow through every one of us in dreams and visions and revelations? And I think we just need to be open to it and understand what's happening. But I was on the phone with a friend of mine, and I was sharing with him and his wife the vision that God gave me for Kingdom Intercessors United KIU and how God is calling churches and leaders together in a neutral place to stand together and to pray, bringing churches together. Do you know that that's sometimes a little bit of a miracle? (laughs) But did you know that the first KIU meeting we had, we had 18 leaders that came together. And we had another 102 people that came together who came not just to hear the word, but they came to pray. So, A, getting that many leaders together, and B, getting 120 people. Notice this is 120 because we did count. Getting 120 people together for word and prayer, that in and of itself is a miracle. But we saw, and we didn't even advertise it on social media. We just had our people that we invited, and we say, you invite the people that you know will be able to flow with us, because we weren't quite sure how the vision was going to be birthed and just exactly how to do it. You know, the Bible says, a man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And when God speaks something to you, oftentimes you hear it, but you've got to work through the process of how do we go about in implementing this plan. And so that's what we did. But we saw many people coming together that day, and people entered in, and they prayed, and it was an amazing day. But when I was on the phone with my friend, I was sharing with him the vision of KIU and what I believe that God wants to do, specifically on the East Coast, in bringing people together. And what I saw was, when we were on the phone, I saw darkness, gross darkness, Coming into our nation. Now, you know, you and I both can say, well, duh. (laughs) But it's one thing to see it with your spirit. It's another thing to see it with the natural. And you know this, if you're intercessors, that you can see something change in the spirit. Right? And then it takes time for the natural to line up. 
That's why the Bible says you can't look at the outward appearance. You have to look with the eyes of your spirit. And that's why I believe that God is fine-tuning our spirits, especially those of you who are true watchmen. You're ready to go to the next level. You're ready to press into a new level. But I saw on the inside of me, I saw darkness, gross darkness, coming in from off the ocean, and I saw it coming into, the, into this nation. And the Spirit of God said, the Spirit of God said, he said, if my people, which are called by my name, if they don't humble themselves and pray and seek my face, he said, I'm not going to be able to do what I desire to do in their land. And unless my people pray, this darkness is going to overtake your nation. So why do you think you've been attacked, intercessors of the Most High God? Why do you think it's been so hard to get people to corporate prayer? Why do you think that, that sometimes you get tired and you don't even know why you're tired? Especially when you go in and say, I'm going to set my heart to seek the Lord. I'm going to enter in and I'm going to pray. Next thing you know, you're not, you know, you're, 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 you're what, you know, you're slumbering and sleeping. The spirit of slumber and sleep has been upon the prayer warriors. But I'm here to wake us up. You say, well, how's that going to be? It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. There's something about the measure that each ministry gift carries. And I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that God has called me to equip you and to wake you up and to anoint you with fresh oil. And that's why we're here. So anyway, so we know that darkness, gross darkness is covering the earth. But at the same time, everyone go, put your shoulders back, breathe in. At the same time, the glory of God is rising in his people. The glory of God is rising in the church. So when we see that, we know that, we understand that we are not of them now that draw back. There is hope for our future. There is hope for your nation. There is hope because we have the power of prayer to change things. Prayer opens up the door for God to work. We have not because we ask not. Prayer unties the hands of God and allows his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does God have? What is, his, what is in heaven? He would that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. There's peace in heaven, prosperity in heaven, joy in heaven. So when we pray, we're coming in agreement with God's will and God's plan, and we're releasing his will on the earth. That's why we can't grow weary in well-doing, my friends. We've got to keep moving, got to keep pressing in. We have got to keep praying. I'm going to share my heart with you. Is that okay? I must be real because that's all I know how to be is real. Two weeks before K- there, our first KIU, I got attacked so physically you, you, would, you wouldn't even believe it. <laughs> I never get sick, ever. Not only that... But when, I'd be, when I would wake up in the morning, 
I'd have thoughts bombard me. What do you think you're doing? 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 What do you think? Nobody's going to come to that meeting. What do you think you're doing? You're not qualified to do that meeting. What do you think you're doing? What do you think? Just bombarded with warfare. And, and I'm telling you, I mean, listen, I'm just me. You understand that? I was a girl. I was a, a, the only girl of five brothers. And I was shy, quiet. And if you'd look at me, I would shrink like a violet. I was like Moses. You're calling me? I'm the least in the house. I, you know, I, you're going to have to really make me into what you've called me to be. So the devil knows your weaknesses and he tries to play with them until God burns them out. But he still tries to come back and he tries to sift you as wheat. And he tries to, tries to attack that gifting and that calling to get you off or to get you discouraged. You know what I'm talking about? Because he sees the potential in you. It's just like Gideon. Gideon was a mighty man of valor, but what was he doing? You know, God saw his potential. God saw the full measure of what he called them to be. Gideon's hiding out with everybody else. Going, I can't do it. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? So two weeks before KIU, I was hit so bad, spiritually and then in my body. Next thing you knew, and I'm not going to tell you what happened. I'll tell you when I'm not on the microphone. But it, I had to see four doctors the week of KIU. The enemy did not want that meeting to be born. Because Satan knows the power of corporate united prayer. He, he'll try anything to get you to come to corporate united prayer in this church. But, you know, you just got to have vision in prayer. When you have vision in prayer and you see by the eyes of the Spirit, it will cause you to have um, courage to keep praying. It will cause you to have, um, what's the word I'm using? desire to keep praying and it'll cause you just not to to grow weary and well-doing when you see with the eyes of jesus you'll be like what i am going into prayer and i'm going to do the work of him that sent me while it is called day because i know night is coming and now it's time for prayer so we know that we're living in the days of isaiah 61 through 4 we know that but listen i don't i'll tell you what i see in our nation and in the nation's I see what Habakkuk said. The whole earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I see what's going to happen in the East Coast. I see what's going to happen in the United States of America. We are going to rise and we are going to shine. Yes, things may get worse in some regards, but they that know their God will be strong, will be brave, will be courageous, and will do exploits for him. And there is a remnant of people in our nation that know their God. And not only, my friends, should we know our God, we know what to do. We're like those that lived in the days of Essachar. They understood the times and the seasons that they lived in. We understand the season we live in, right? But we also know what to do. But is everyone willing to do it? That's the question. That's the question. That's why when you call a corporate united prayer meeting, you see the remnant show up. No disrespect, but a lot of times it's women. 
But I have good news for you. Did you know that the mightiest intercessors in the Old Testament were men? Abraham, Moses. There were so many men that were intercessors that stood in the gap for the people that caused judgment not to happen because of their prayers, the effectual, fervent prayer of those Old Testament leaders caused judgment to be pulled back or stopped? How much more you and I who are under a better covenant based upon better promises? But it's the remnant. It's the remnant. You think about the early church. You know, I was looking at that one day. You know how when you study your Bible and you preach the Bible and you teach the Bible and you go back and you go, wow, I knew that, but wow. <laughs> and, you know, you think about in the, when the, at the birth of the church age, Acts chapter 1, right? I, I like to call it not the Acts of, of the Apostles. I like to call it that. the book of Acts, the Acts of the Holy Ghost. I teach a class called the Holy Spirit and His Gifts, and we have leaders that come from all, all, all over the world. It's so much fun. And I tell them, I say, look, this is not the acts of the apostles. This is the acts of the Holy Ghost. Just watch the Holy Ghost throughout the book of Acts and watch and see what he did and how they honored him and respected him and spoke of him. That's what I believe our churches need to come back to, but that's another story. But you look at the, you look right there in chapter 1, and when God spoke, or Jesus spoke, it, they started out with 500 in the upper room. Did you know that? There was 500 believers in the upper room. I, I could get chapter and verse, but I don't know it in my head where it is. But 500 were gathered together waiting for the promise of the Father. How many of you are waiting for a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the United States of America and in your nation? We are waiting, we are believing, we are standing on our watch, our, our ledge, and we're watching and we're praying and we're not giving up. We are not giving up. We're not giving God any rest. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But you know that they, they must have grown weary in well-doing. They must have said, where is the promise of the Father? Which saith he? We had, Jesus said, you have heard of me. Where, where is the promise of the Father? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? They got into doubt. They got into unbelief instead of waiting and knowing that in everything there is a time and a purpose under heaven that there's going to be a birth of those things that have been told you by the Lord. There is going to be a performance of those that have been told you by the Lord. They just drew back. They got weary and they left obviously because they weren't there and look at what they missed (laughs) can you imagine being in that upper room when the holy ghost finally came the bible says he appeared upon them with cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each one of them and they were all filled with the holy ghost and they all began to speak with other tongues that was the first time anybody ever had that presence come upon the presence not that but this is that (laughs) This is that which was spoken by the prophets Joel. That was the Holy Spirit being poured out. But can you imagine what those other people missed? And I'm sure they were sorry. Oh, this is what we missed? And you got to see it? Yes, because there are a people, there is a people that believes. There is a people who have entered into rest 
and have said, no matter what, I am going to seek your face. I'm going to practice prayer. I'm going to put it into action. I'm going to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And I'll tell you what, it's corporate united prayer that's going to change things. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes you. Prayer changes your nation. Prayer just changes things. Everyone say, prayer changes things. Say it again, prayer changes things. Put your hand on your heart and say, prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Every time you pray, something's being changed in the spirit. Lord, open our eyes that we may see more than what we're seeing and hear more than what we're hearing. Lord, make us prophetic watchmen. Lord, may we not give you any rest till you establish and make our nation a praise in the earth. One man, one woman can make a difference. God said in the word, the word of God says, I sought for just one man who would stand in the gap and put up the head. Just even one. You've heard of, um, was it Finney? And Reese Howe, the intercessor? These people knew how to pray. Well, I believe that God is raising up a generation of people who know, need to know how to learn how to pray. Some of our prayer meetings are not like they used to be. I went in, when I had my kids in 1992, I went into what I called hiding. <laughs> I had three kids in one year. And I went into what I call being hidden in the house. When I came out of hiding and I went into corporate prayer, I was really surprised. How people were praying. It was mostly worship. There's nothing wrong with worship. There's nothing wrong with worship. But worship feels good. You enter into his presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And you praise him and you worship him. God, Jesus said, I am seeking for those that would worship me in spirit and the truth. The Father seeks those that would worship. Worship creates intimacy. It it just causes your heart to just swell in love before the Father. And you just worship him. And worship is good. But did you know that there's all different kinds of prayer? Prayer stills the avenger, Margie. So that kind of prayer will work for our nation. Our prayer, praise, that is. Praise stills the avenger. Praise will help our nation. Yes, it will, but there's all different kinds of prayer. So when we're gathering together for corporate united prayer, let's not just practice one kind of praying. Straight up. It 
it's good to do that. And it's, 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 it's a kind of praying. But what happened to the art of intercession? What happened to people entering in with no thought of self and entering into the presence of God with clean hands and a pure heart and saying, Lord, not my will, your will be done. Lord, use me as, as, a, as a house of prayer to change my nation, change my world. Lord, flow through me. Lord, make me an intercessor. Let me see as you see and love as you love and desire what you desire. The prayer of intercession, what happened to it? I remember Kenneth E. Hagin once saying, if we're not careful, there'll be a whole generation who will have lost the knowledge and the experience of the art of intercession. If God's called you to revive it and teach it to your children and your grandchildren, do it. I used to take my little kids when they were little into my closet and I would teach them how to pray. <laughs> Did they know what was going on? Well, I would teach them as best as I could. And we weren't in the closet for an hour. You know, when it comes to prayer, you just have to begin where you are. You can begin with 15 minutes. And some people fizzle out after 15, but that's fine. Prayer is like working out. You know, you start out in the gym, you're 10 minutes on the treadmill. Next thing you know, you could be, you can go on the treadmill for 45, 50, an hour and a half. I mean, whatever you, you know, whatever. You, you build endurance. The same thing holds on, holds true when it comes to prayer. You, you, you grow in prayer and you grow in your ability to spend time in the presence of God and, and you grow in that grace of prayer, that spirit of grace and supplication. But the art of intercession, I believe God is reviving us because what I believe has happened is I believe that the, we have not done, the, we have not prayed enough in tongues. Do you see that too? See, I travel, so I see, you know, so you see it? We're not, we haven't prayed enough in tongues. We're going to get into this. We haven't prayed enough in tongues, and we haven't, you know, the intercessor is in you, Jesus. Hebrews 7.25, he ever lives to make intercession. He's in you. So we, you know, we need to yield to him, loose him, and let him go. And, you know, he's a great warrior. <laughs> he's a great warrior. The warrior is in you. Are you listening? So we need to get back to the kind of praying that we're treading on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing is by any means harming our land or harming our children or harming our nation. It's not going to come through pray, lifting your hands and worshiping God. It's going to come through intercession, the prayer of intercession, taking a hold of those things and bringing them out and bringing them in. The only way that's done is through it, the prayer of intercession. 
Asea Mahaya Katia Manandereve Sea Tamashia Net, and it's eventuary, and it's a vestisire, and it is necessary to convince them a content to live in Shamandestande. Guess is I is Shumande inside of you. I see a Tabesa Mania. So operate in it, and flow in it, and know that it's me, that I've called you to go forth and revive my people, revive them. For many of them used to walk. Walk in that place, but they've grown weary in well-doing, and I want you to revive them and restore them and anoint them with fresh oil, even as I have anointed thee. Shall I bring you to the birth and shut up the womb? We are right at the point of birth. Now, ladies, moms, we know. What happens when that baby is about to be born? You have contractions. You know, <laughs> let's backtrack a little bit. Let's talk about the nine month of pregnancy. I think we needed to talk about that. That nine month of pregnancy. You're walking around. You're ready to give birth. Everything's prepared. The room is prepared. The diapers are all in order. You've lined them all up. You've got everything in order. All the clothes are hanging in the closet. Now you've just got a few couple more weeks to go for that baby to be born. And you're starting to enter into boredom. You know why so many people in church are bored? Because they're pregnant with the promises of God. They're pregnant with revival. They're pregnant, and that's why they're bored. And they come to church, and they're like, show me something, Pastor. Entertain me, entertain me, entertain me. Whereas this generation knows more about the word of God than any generation that has ever walked the face of this earth. And what God wants us to do is he wants his body, his church, to stir up the gift of God. Stir up their faith. Stir up the knowledge of the word. And don't just use it, you know, to lay around, you know, and soak In the presence of God, I love you, Jesus. I love you. I want to be more prophetic. I want to be more prophetic so I could show show people your heart. You know, God wants us to arise and shine and begin to roar at the enemy and to begin to take back what the enemy has stolen. Jesus told Joshua, every place the sole of your foot treads upon, I've given it to you. You and I, through the prayer of intercession, can take back what has been stolen in our nation. And I'm going to tell you straight up, a lot of things have been stolen in our nation. Some things have been stolen right out from under us, and we've allowed it. But intercession, this kind of prayer, opens up the door for God to work and pushes back the forces of darkness. And the enemy does not like it. And he doesn't like you. I like what I heard T.D. Jake say in the CD I was listening to. Because you've got to keep yourself strong and you've got to keep listening to tapes. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. It is life to you, health to you. It will keep you strong as intercessors. So I, I, I put it in, and, and he was talking about that scripture. And you know how he is. He's my, my favorite. He's one of my favorite. Him and Joyce Meyer, they're two, two extreme different people. But it's what's good. You've got to have both balance, you know what I'm saying. But he said in there, he said, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. 
And what, I, what he emphasized is Satan desires to have you. He doesn't just want to destroy you. He wants to have you. And that's what he wants from us intercessors. We're not of them that draw back, and we are not backing down, not giving up. Can I be honest with you? I'm an apostle of prayer. And the only reason I'm doing what I'm doing is because God said, do it. You're anointed to do it. And when as they receive an anointing at the end of our day, and, 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 and he said, I'm going to anoint them with fresh oil. They're going to see more than they're seeing, hear more than they're hearing. Where they've been weary, they're going to be strong. And I'm going to impart unto them wisdom and revelation to continue to run the race. Every time there was a problem, God always had an answer. And he always sent a man or a woman or a person to be the answer. Because man is God's avenue into the earth, so he has to flow through people. So he says, I'm going to anoint that person to do that. To equip my body, to bring them up so they could do the work of the ministry and take back what the enemy has stolen. In this regard, it's us, those of us who are the remnant, wanting to pray and wanting to seek God's face. So we're in like the ninth month of pregnancy. And that's why the church is so bored. People are bored. The church is bored. But you know what? Those of us who know how to pray, when we pray, we start to enter in and shake off the boredom. You know, you can feel complacency. Like a lot of times before I minister, I could feel stuff. Before I go in, because God's saying that's because that's what they're experiencing. That's the kind of warfare that body or that people or that person is going through. And you're sensing, you're picking up on it. Won't you just love the Holy Ghost? There is nothing hidden that shall not be revealed. Because the Holy Ghost is on our side. Are you listening? And that's the beauty of having the Holy Spirit and prayer. Because when we yield to him, we listen to him, he causes us to triumph in the work of prayer. But, you know, just when you're getting ready to have that baby, what happens? Then here comes the contractions. and Here comes the labor. Everyone say labor. Labor. Here comes the contractions. Here comes the labor. What did the Apostle Paul say? Ephraim, a servant of Jesus Christ, right? And he went on to say, always laboring fervently with you in prayer. That word labor means toil sadness sorrow there was a toil and a labor and a sadness and a toil where in prayer always laboring fervently in prayer for you what what was he praying about in this case was that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of god some of us moms need to pray that, over, pray that for our kids. And as moms, we've been there where we're laboring fervently, and you're groaning and you're laboring, and you know, but you know you don't have it yet in prayer. There is a place in prayer where you've got to, to 
continue in prayer until you get a breakthrough. This is what's not being taught. This is what we're being taught. There's nothing wrong with that. But we should worship him after we've labored fervently in prayer to fill ourselves back up after we've done the work of the ministry and the work of intercession in in prayer. Because when you pray, when you pray the prayer of intercession, you are giving out of yourself. And you're pouring out. And you're pouring out. And you're giving. And you're warring at times. And then when you've done all to stand and you're standing there for and you've gotten the complete victory over that prayer assignment, then you can do the whole, then you can lay back. I worship you, Jesus. I honor you and I glorify your name and worship him and worship him. And then he comes back and he refreshes you. They that wait upon the Lord, he renews your strength. And then you leave that place of prayer because isn't his presence is fullness of joy. You leave that place of prayer not only knowing that you birthed something in the spirit and it's done and it was fun. And you know you have it because you have the petitions you desire of him when you pray. And you know you have it. Even though it was a groaning kind of praying in tongues, praying in tongues. You know, you're praying according to the will of God when you pray in tongues. So you leave that place of prayer knowing that you have it, knowing that you did something for God, which is the fun part too. And you leave that place of prayer refreshed. Because you've prayed all manner, not all manner, but you've prayed at least two or three, two times of prayer. If you had anything for yourself that you needed, just you can ask, believe you receive it, and then you can have it. But do you know that when you, is this okay? (laughs) Do you know that when you pray the prayer of intercession, that you're walking in the highest level of love that there is? John 15, 12, and 13, Jesus is the intercessor. He said, greater love is no man than this. That a man lays down his life for his friends. Jesus came to the earth, Isaiah 59:16. He was the intercessor. It is the greatest act of love. I'm coming to you as an intercessor. And when you yield to that spirit of grace and supplication and you loose that intercessor who's on the inside of you, ever living to make intercession through you from the right hand of God the Father in heavenly places, but you're the house of prayer, so you're yielding to him. Did you know that when you walk in the highest level of that kind of love, did you know that automatically all the blessings of Deuteronomy 28 just come upon you and overtake you? What did the Bible say? You know what the Bible says. You probably could come up here and preach and teach and do the whole thing. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that he said, if you hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God and do all those things that are pleasing in his sight and obey all the laws and all the commandments, what I've set before you this day, that all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. And listen all. Did you? Jesus is really good. I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> Sorry. Did you know that when you pray the prayer of intercession... <laughs> You're setting in motion spiritual laws on your own behalf. 
you don't you'll find that you will you will find that your God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. He knows what things you have need of, and when you've entered into that place of prayer for other people, automatically you're setting in motion certain laws and certain things that come right your way. That was my God. He did that for me because I was obedient to him. And if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. And when I walk as a faithful intercessor of the Most High God, and I just do the very best that I can, all those blessings will just overcome, overtake me, and overcome me. And that's same for each and every one of us who have been faithful. Not only that, but I've got more good news for you. Did you know that when your spirit leaves your body and goes and stands before spirit to spirit, like for real, like obviously Jesus is with us, but we don't see him, which I kind of get a little annoyed about that, but it's fine. (laughs) I don't know why everybody else got to see him, but I don't, but we could see him with the eyes of our spirit. That's good enough for me, unless he chooses to do something. You know, he taught, he taught Brother Hagen a lot through visions. Why did he do that? He did that because there was not a lot of word in that area in the earth. So, yeah. So we had to find a man who would listen to him, hearken unto his word, and he found a man that he could talk to as a man speaks to a friend face to face, taught him. You know, you, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do again. I'm, I'm going to read the book. I believe in visions. Now you can get it on, buy an e-book. <laughs> you don't even have to pay for it. That's what I love. You, you can get it and you don't even have to pay for it. You, you can get a link and it can be sent right to you. You don't even have to pay for it. But Jesus taught him just how to pray. Or not how to pray. I'm sorry, I'm starting to go into the zone. So I'm starting to not be able to think. (laughs) Sort of. I just want to finish my thing because I think it must be time. (laughs) Glory to God. Did you sense that shift? I just want to finish my thought, if I may. Holy Father. (laughs) But uh, I forgot what I was saying. What I was saying is, let me get back over here where I had it. When your spirit leaves your body and you stand before God, like for real, like you're in heaven and your body's in the casket and everybody's crying. I told my kids, when I go, miss me for about a month, but move on. Right? And you stand before God. You know what he's going to say to you? He's going to say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servants. 
You were faithful to be a house of prayer. You were faithful to yield to the spirit of grace and supplication. You were faithful to do those things that I asked you to do. When you heard people preaching and teaching on prayer, you responded. My question is, how many people are responding? The cry of the spirit is is going out. It's time for prayer. It's time. It's time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness upon us. It's time to press in. It's time to change our nation and not be complacent and say, it's hopeless. It's not hopeless. All your works, Revelation says, will follow you. Do you know what I do every day? I wake up in the morning with my eyes set on eternity. Live in the light of eternity. Be eternity-minded. Don't be natural, natural, physical, carnal-minded. Be eternity-minded. And when you're eternally-minded, you will look at things differently. You will use your time differently. It will change your perspective about your purpose in your life. Every time somebody dies and goes up into heaven, I think about, my God, everything. they It's finished. It's finished. Then you go into heaven and you reap your rewards for the things that you did. I want to wake up. I want to wake up. And I want to do what God has called me to do. And I want to leave a legacy. What do you want? Did you know I just found this out from that book, The Circle of Prayer? And I thought this was so good. He said, you can leave a legacy of prayer. Moms, dads, you can leave a legacy of prayer. What's the legacy? Your prayers never die. Do you understand that? Your prayers never die. You can leave a legacy of prayer. Well, what did Jesus do? He left a legacy of prayer. He prayed in John's pastor. 17, he had a long list of things he prayed to the Father. Do you know those prayers will be fulfilled? And every prayer that you have prayed, that you have not fainted and not given up and not gotten into doubt and unbelief, those prayers will be fulfilled. Let me tell you straight up. All of my children will be taught of the Lord, and great will be the peace and their undisturbed composure. No question about it. Once you've gotten breakthrough in intercession, no more questions. Don't question it anymore. Don't even give place to the devil. Don't give place to unbelief. Because you could birth something in prayer, especially if it comes in regards to your family, your kids, and then you'll start looking at the outward appearance. and They'll start cursing even more. And they'll start acting up even more. And they'll start stealing stuff and stealing your money and all kinds of stuff. Don't be moved by what you see. You saw them saved in that place of prayer. You know, you've gotten it. You just keep speaking the word over them. And what has begun in the spirit will matter. Manifest in the natural realm because the origin is in the spirit. That's the real reality. The reality is the spirit. I know beyond any shadow of a doubt, and I've seen it, and many of you have seen it, that this land that is desolate is going to become like the Garden of Eden. There is a move of God that is going to hit the East Coast. And it's going to come like a rushing, mighty wind. 
And it's going to fill the houses that have said yes to the Holy Spirit and not blocked him out. Thank you, Lord. I'm not giving up on my nation, are you? There is no way. One person can make a difference. All you have to do is try. Some secular person said that, I think. I don't know. But I'm going to be the person that makes a difference. How about you? You've enlisted in the army of God. Have that mindset. I can make a difference. I have to be honest. I uh, actually posted something on my wall about America because I've been having a lot of I call them dreams, but some of them are so vivid that they're more visionary dreams, kind of. I don't know how to explain it. And I made a comment in my post, something about proud to be an American. Oh, I know what it was. It was a, it was a dream that I had, and when I woke up, the song that God gave me was proud to be an American. It wasn't a God song, but I think it is a God song. I think that song was birthed and born in the heart of God, in the heart of his people. It's a healthy pride. You should, are you proud of your children? I'm so proud of you, Jonathan. I'm so proud of you. So proud of your picture. I'm so proud of you as a man. Proud of all my kids. Are you proud of your kids? It's a healthy pride. So I posted the dream. And whatever was going on, I'd have to read. I don't remember exactly. But when I woke up, and I always say, like, when I wake up, I get get stuff sometimes. And the song that I had was Proud to Be an American. And a minister, I don't know if you saw it. Did you see it? Oh, I think we even talked about it. You're the only one I talked to about it. Didn't tell her. We didn't talk about who it was. She doesn't even know who the person is. I know who the person is. Because I was at a minister's meeting where he was the speaker. No disrespect to this person. I'll still honor him and the whole thing. That's nothing, nothing's going to change, you know. But he made his comment was, proud to be an American, question mark. And I said to myself, whose eyes is he looking through? Now, if he wasn't my elder, I would have said something. Because I did have somebody say something who's more like my peer along another line, and I went after it. But this guy, you know, but when it's your elder, the Bible says don't rebuke an elder. So I kind of thought it might be a good idea to stick with the Bible on this one. (laughs) But I said to myself, you of anybody should have vision for your country, vision for the future of this nation. You have grandchildren. I'm proud to be an American, and I have to be honest with you. And then we're going to read the scripture, and we're going to close. I never got to my notes. I don't know. This is like, can you see? It's just the strangest thing. Now I forgot what I was going to say. No, it was important. Oh, when I wake up. In the morning and throughout the day and here, there, and everywhere, I, found, I find myself singing that song. 
And I believe that's the Spirit of God. I don't believe it. I know it's the Spirit of God. And when we made these buttons, it's time. I had an absolute vision of what I wanted it to look like. It's time to pray for our nation. It's time to seek the Lord. It's time to change things through prayer. Prayer opens up the door for God to work. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Can I just say five more minutes? Because we're going to pray after the break and after we do something. Please, don't, don't make me explain the whole thing. You, I think you probably know it, and that's why I'm not emphasizing it. Please understand that tongues works. Please understand that. You're, when you speak in an unknown tongue, you're speaking the language of heaven. It goes beyond your your words in your known language and goes deep down in a realm of the spirit and you call deep calls unto deep and you release that prayer up before the throne room of God, Revelations five eight. It's a sweet incense and it works. This prayer works. This kind of praying works. When the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, the very first manifestation of the Holy Spirit was tongues. God has given us a secret weapon. He has given us a prayer language. It's the kind of praying that goes beyond your understanding, beyond your reasoning, beyond anything in the natural, and it goes into the realm of the Spirit, and it changes things. Please understand that when a person speaks in an unknown tongue, he speaks not unto men, but unto God. Howbeit in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. You pray about things you don't know about. You pray about things you don't understand. You pray about the plans and the purposes of God for your nation, if that's your assignment. You pray, and, and you can even you speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. You're speaking wisdom. God, give our leaders wisdom in the name of Jesus. And then you go, and you begin to pray in tongues, and you're praying out that wisdom. And that kind of praying uh, produces results. Romans 8 says that when, uh, and he, uh, Romans 8, And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession according to the will of God. Amplified says, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me. The only way you pray in tongues is your spirit by the Holy Spirit within you. You pray. You yield yourself to him. You pray in tongues, right? So it says you, that when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying according to the will of God. Now what does first, first Corinthians 5 say? And this is the confidence. What kind of confidence? Major confidence. Confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know we have the petitions we desired of him. 
So we desire that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We desire that you change our nation. We desire that you would pour out your spirit in our churches. We desire that you move in our nation, that you do a new thing in our nation. We desire that, if G, that, we desire that Jesus be lifted up in our nation. That's what we desire. What happens is when you walk as an intercessor, the little things don't bother you anymore. It's the big things. Right? Cities, nations, towns, regions. See, God will enlarge your capacity. And you'll start to see beyond the four walls of your own home and your own family. And you'll start to see things. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable with his thoughts. Your heart will become his heart. And you'll begin to see with the way he sees things. He actually sits on the circle of the earth and he laughs. He looks down. And the beauty of God is he even knows how many hairs we have on our, each and every one of our heads. But he also knows that the enemy is going to be in derision. That Satan is not going to win. Amen. 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 Praise you, Jesus. So you realize that praying in the Holy Ghost is the kind of prayer that God gave you so that you could do a lot more a lot quicker. Yeah, I know that. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established, and the light shall shine upon your ways. When men are cast down, you will say there's lifting up, and the humble person, he lifts up and saves. He will even deliver the one who is not innocent. He will be delivered by the pureness of your hands. Two things. Number one, he, that when you pray for a person, a city, a region, they will be delivered because of the pureness of your hands. God will move because you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God hears and answers your prayers. He said, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive unto the prayers. Number two, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. We believe in declarations. We believe we should speak the word. We believe we should hear from heaven and speak the word. But don't stop there. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And I've seen prayer meetings stop there. And I'm sitting there like this. Oh, and I could sense the Holy Ghost wanting to do more. We'll close with this. And then we're going to close. I want to, did want to read the scripture. <laughs> How many of you remember when you first got baptized in the Holy Spirit? Do you remember what that was like? I don't know if your experience was like my experience, but I remember like wanting to say something to God really big. You too? It was like beyond anything I could think of. I just know it was going to be something really big that I couldn't articulate in English. And I remember when I was struggling, because you know how you struggle when you're first getting filled with the Holy Spirit? Is this me? Is this God? Is this me? And then you, you want to say something, but it's not your known language. It's not tongue. It's not Spanish. It's not English. It's not Portuguese. It's, it, it's something different. And it's coming from your spirit, but you know it's by the Holy Spirit, and you just have to loose your tongue and just do it. And I remember the last English word I could think of when just before I released my prayer language was oh god 
you're so outrageous. But there was something more, something deeper, something bigger, something higher. And it was tongues. You could accomplish a lot when you pray in tongues. You understand? Let's read the scripture and then we're going to take a break. This was the scripture he told me to open with. It says here, now there was one Anna, a prophetess. Everybody wants to be a prophet nowadays. I think that's cool. Maybe that's the plan of God. I don't know. I'm absolutely not anybody to criticize because we haven't had a lot of prophets, and now everybody's going to prophet school and learning to be prophets and learning how to be prophets. I don't think everybody's called to be a prophet. I think sometimes they're just operating prophetically. But, you know, whatever they're doing, they're doing it. And I'm telling you, they're doing it. More power to them. Thank God. I would that all the servants of the Lord be prophets, right? But why are we prophetic? Why? Why are we a prophetic people? Why am I a prophetic mom? Why can't we be prophetic in prayer? Right? Why can't we see and know in prayer? Why can't the gifts of the Spirit operate in prayer? Well, they can. Now, there was one Anna a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age. Basically, she was only 84. I don't think that's a great age, do you? <laughs> I was reading that this morning going, that's not old. I want to be, no, seriously, I really want to be like 90-something, and then I want to go. But 84 is not really that old to me. Is it to you? She was of a great age, and she lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman decided she was going to do something with her life. She wasn't going to sit in self-pity. She wasn't going to cry. She wasn't going to be lonely. She decided, I'm going to do something with my life and make my life count. The unmarried person can care just for the things of the Lord. So if you're a widow or a widower, make your life count for God. i, I got to tell you, I talk to so many people who are widowed or are single, and they just, want, they just want to meet somebody. I told my husband straight up, I said, guaranteed, you go, I'm not remarrying. Ain't happening. Now, those of you that follow me on Facebook, you know, because I didn't say it out loud, but I needed a hug the other night, right? Right? I needed a hug. You know, sometimes you need a hug. You know, that's normal. But why not just give your service and your life to God? Make your life a prayer. You know, yield to God in, in his work. What is our life? It is but a vapor. It appears for a while and vanishes away to seek after all these things. That's, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I just wouldn't do it. If I was my husband goes, I guarantee I'm going to remarry. No. Ain't happening. Guaranteed. Milsey. Guaranteed. He's younger than me, so. (laughs) 
actually, I look a little younger than him these days. But he's like, well, you're the one that gave me all the gray hairs. (laughs) But this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple. She decided she was going to do something for God. And that is not boring. Sometimes when my husband goes to New York for several days, or I'm in Florida for several days, I am not bored. I am not lonely. I don't crave attention. I don't crave anything but God. The more you walk with him, the less the things of this earth matter. And you could actually develop such a friendship with God that he is truly like a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He walks with you. He talks to you. It's annoying when he gets silent, but he's still there. You know what I'm talking about. When God first spoke to me about the KIU vision, you know what? He spoke it to me, confirmed it through a prophet and another woman, prayer partner, who knew they all knew nothing. And then for six months, I didn't hear from him, not anything. You know, usually he speaks to you like every other day or he gives you a scripture or a song or his presence comes and he manifests. And, you know, he touches you, bing, and you're just, it's all nice. Six months, it was like, where did you go? How many of you ever know what I'm talking about? That's why you can't be moved by any of it. Not any of it. God is a spirit. He's not a mind. He's not a soul. He's a spirit. How do we get off on that? These husbands, they get us in trouble every time. No, I say it. I don't miss. I know. I don't really miss anybody. I just. I said to my friend the other day, I said, it's almost like I crave solitude. I crave that alone time because it's, un- it's uninterrupted. You know, you just, there's no static. You could just walk with God. I sometimes wonder, what was it like with Enoch? Do you know that Moses, I love that. The Bible says he knew God face This was his legacy. Read Deuteronomy chapter 34. His legacy was he knew God face to face as a man speaks to his friend. There was not a prophet like Moses who knew God face to face. I I want that. But, you know, there's a price to pay to have that. Can we just go out to lunch with my friends and let's go shopping? I I can't stand doing any of it anymore. I I just can't. I mean, I do. I did buy some jeans the other day, actually. My husband's like, another pair of jeans? But when you walk with God, you walk with him, and you become intimate with him, something changes in you. Things that used to matter just don't matter. It's just like, really? I got to go to Sephora and buy that white HD powder? I don't really feel like it. I just want to walk with God and talk to him and be in just, just so not, it's so good. He can be, Brother Hagen said that Jesus was more real to him than his wife laying next to him in the bed. I remember hearing that at Ramah going, what, I want that. What is that? I was 19 years old. And that began, that, that's what, that's, that was, that began my journey. 
You see, as leaders, we can put our young people on a journey just by our life. I think we're doing a lot more than we think we are. Because you know what I think? And this is coming to me by the Spirit. I think they, they do listen. And they are watching. And it may not seem like it, but it's, it's never going to leave them. Because what we've imparted to them is spirit and life, and it's going to last forever. Like Hagen, I'm 19 years old. I heard him say, my wife is more real to me than my wife laying. My, God, Jesus is more real to me than my wife laying in the bed next to me. That's what sent me on a journey of seeking God. Sometimes one thing that you say to a young person can change their lives forever. Everyone say it's a journey. Walking with God is a journey. Did you see my banner about being an Italian on Facebook? What's the worst thing that can happen to an Italian? And the banner was green, white, and red. What's the worst thing that can happen to an Italian? When God whispers. Because <laughs> when you walk with him, he starts to change the way he talks to you. And for me, in this journey, he's been whispering. And I'm learning, shut up, Marg. He, he's not saying that to me. I'm saying that to me. You need to shut up. Be quiet. And then the more quiet you are, the more you got to draw in, then you can hear his voice. Did you catch this? Because if he starts, I think I, when I was frustrated about that whole quiet thing for six months, I was contacting all my friends. <laughs> what is it with God? I don't get what he's doing. It's not fair. Why is he doing this? And then finally I just went off and just posted about it. I don't get it. He's so quiet. He's silent. He wasn't quiet. He was silent. And what I learned through that was he's doing that because he wants you to shut down. He's doing a new thing in you. And I'm kicking and screaming and hollering and carrying on. And but I realized, looking back, he was doing a new thing, like he's doing in many of you. And I learned out of that place of, of when his, him doing that, now I can hear him whisper. I couldn't hear him whisper before. It was too loud. You know the thing God taught me? Don't let it be all about your speaking all the time either. You know, those, those, that, that, that group that does this, there's something to it. <laughs> my sheep hear my voice. I'm teaching you how to hear my voice. The still, small voice of my spirit You've got to be quiet and be still and know that I'm God. You don't always have to be talking. Prayer is communication.
Don't you just love prayer? She served God. This is what her ministry was. This is what God wanted me to tell you today. She made prayer her ministry. Everyone say, she made prayer her ministry? She did. Because it says here, she did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. I love that. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord, and she spoke of him to all who looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. Basically, this, and we want, we're, we're going to close. She basically, she prophesied the Redeemer is coming. She saw it with her spirit. She saw it. She was a prophet. She saw it. She prophesied it. But instead of just prophesying it, she took what she saw and what she heard and what she knew, and she took it into prayer. I want to ask you a question. You don't have to answer, but I want you to think about it because the Spirit's going to speak to you. And write it down. What do you know? What do you know? What has God told you? Write it down. What has He told you? What do you know? What do you know? And you know. And you know you know. Write it down. It might be something about your kids, your grandchild, something about your family, something about your city. You may have a vision for this church, what God has told you. Or your nation, maybe your burden for the nation. What has God told you? What do you know? Just write it down. What do you know? Do you know that knower in you has been put there by God for you to pray that thing through? Don't give up. Because even when you get discouraged, you always go back to your knower. Right? And then you go, I got to get back to the original thing that I know. When I go into churches, just keep writing whatever he's saying to you. When I go into these churches, pastors are actually my favorite of all the fivefold ministry gifts. I'm learning more and more that I need apostles over me because they help me and they, they're just a good covering. But pastors, because I'm in a different office, that a pastor to me is, uh, to me, they're the most precious of all the fivefold ministry gifts. And the reason is, they're always there. They know everything. And they're still there. And they don't care, to be honest. Like, some people go, if I tell my pastor, a pastor friend of mine said, so-and-so told me all this that was going on in their life, then they helped them out of it, and then they left the church. 
And the pastor said to me, I don't really care. Like, I'm not, he, the pastor's not going to look at that person and judge them because that's just, that's just not how it is. But maybe they're embarrassed and they left. The pastors love, they give, and, and they, they just feed the flock and they train people up and they take care of the families and they're there and they're just, they're like the heart of the father, the father-like one. But, you know, these pastors, sometimes they get discouraged. So I learned a long time ago, God, Mark, God, God said to me, you are called to keep the vision in them alive. I know. You, can you want to ask me what I know? I know that I know that I know that revival, a major move of God, is coming to the East Coast. I've never been discouraged. I've never lost the vision. It's never changed. I know that I know that I know. So when my pastor friends start to get discouraged, you know, they just come in, whoosh, ignite the vision so that they can run with it and then whoosh, and be reignited and just keep moving. What do you know that you know that you know? But see, you can't, you're the thing that you know, you, you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. It's not like someone's going to come in and preach to you, unless it comes prophetically. But whatever you know, and you start to get discouraged, just encourage yourself in the Lord and speak the word. Devil is a liar, as T.D. says. Devil is a liar. A devil is a liar. I never heard anybody speak like that, man. He's amazing. Devil is a liar. Amen. Why don't we close and then we're going to take a break for 15 minutes and we're going to come back and we're going to do something and then we're going to pray. Is that okay? And then after we pray, I sort of made a schedule because you're actually our first house to house. And I'll tell you about it when you come back. This is, this is different than from KIU, but it's still under KIU. This is my first house to house. First. First, 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 first. And I have to tell you, Pastor didn't know, but she was on my heart. Her and her pastor were on my heart. You need to go there. You need to go there. You need to go there. And I never call. I don't, I don't do that. You know, we only call when we needed the hosting churches for our, our, our other event. But she called me, and she, we talked about it. And she said, well, did you get that email from me or that inbox from me about you coming to us? I said, no, I didn't. But we just knew that this was the time. It's time. It's time. Amen. So why don't we just close in prayer and then we take a 15-minute break and then we'll come back and we'll pray. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. You did something amazing again today. You are amazing. You are the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I thank you for pouring out into these, these your people New hope, vision, purpose, strength, causing them to rise up in an even greater measure to be the men and women you've called them to be, specifically in the place of prayer. Amen. So, okay, come back in 15 minutes.